Welcome to the Blackout Show, presented by the Guillen Grid, a show about the Chicago White Sox baseball, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll debate what's working and what's not on the south side of Chicago. It's old school versus new school baseball. And most importantly, we're keeping all the receipts. Welcome to the Blackout Show. It's the Trade Deadline Recap Edition with Justin, with Gonzo. I'm Slavko. We've got a special guest joining us here in just a moment. Um, Trade Deadline was a few hours ago as we taped this. Uh, Thanks to everybody for tuning in, for watching, listening. It was a rough one, uh, again, for Rick Hahn and the White Sox. Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, Jake Berger, Keon Middleton, all gone. Um, so with that, the White Sox claim to have replenished some of their, uh, their system. Here's a, the updated look at what MLB pipeline has with the caveat that they'll probably get updated again, uh, in the next week or two, uh, you don't see Jacob Gonzalez on there, the, uh, their first round pick out of Ole Miss. So, I mean, to their credit, Gonzo, and I know you were blowing up the group chat all week. Uh, you like what, um, Rick Hahn did adding some of these prospects, uh, real quick for both you guys before we intro our, our guest Sierra, uh, what was your what was your reaction to what Rakan did uh, today at the deadline? You know, I think we, me and Justin, ended last uh, week showing really anxious on if Han was actually going to do anything because we saw Jose Abreu walk for nothing a year ago, and I'm just happy at the end of the day regardless if he's going to be here or not next year as the GM right now that he sold expiring contracts and got something for it. And several of those pieces like Kiero and others, you know, some of them being the top 100, I'm at least we got, I'm glad that we got some of those prospects, you know, in these deals with some of these teams pushing for the postseason, and they're probably in desperate, you know, situations that we took advantage of, you know, some of those deals for rentals. So I'm happy what we got out of it, and but really at the end of the day, this has been a failure, so we can't really highlight the positivity. Damn! Thank you. Right Thank you. Finally, Jay, what, what was your takeaway? Uh, well, I mean, uh, we got two catchers out the whole situation when the dust settled, Corey <laughs> Lee and uh, Edgar Cueto. But at the same time, I got to tip my cap to Rick Hahn because I didn't think he was going. Uh, make sure that the spine of the baseball club, you know, catcher, pitcher, shortstop, center field, that's important. So him doing his due diligence and getting two kids that it's something to work with. Now, I know we don't like to put too much into prospects. I know Gonzo is prospect hunter of the year 
uh, the hype train. The hype train's going already. But when you look at, let's just take Edgar, for example, 300 BABIP slot, only a 17% strikeout rate. You know, he got a 17% walk rate as a 19-year-old. He gets on base. Exactly. There's tools to work with. Now, I do have an issue with you being in double-A and having that good of a plate discipline knowledge of the strike zone and you're not picking pitches out of the sequence to drive over somebody's fence like you've hit 17 home runs before i know you got the pop i need you to start swinging with square edgar but at the same time that's not a process that you're going to rush so there is something to work with there on with Corey lee now his your boy that's my boy that's not my cousin that's my boy remember (laughs) that so uh, there's even more tools to work with. Uh, I don't want to get on Gonzo's favorite site, Fangraphs, but I had to for Corey Lee. Oh, I thought and, MLB Trade Values was his favorite website. No, you know, we we, we bullied him in the group chat to make him put that one down. <laughs> like, I, I, we got to check his browser history, people, to make sure he's not on the, the trade site. But uh, back to Corey Lee, like 483 slug. Uh, 281 bad if 245 ISO. That's all from a guy that's not going to hit for a high average. So what that tells me is he's the opposite of Edgar. He's the guy that swings with square. He knows how to pick out a pitch. And usually when he makes contact, you're going to see the results. And the defensive tools are there. I know he had a couple injury history. So what? It's the White Sox. Everybody has injury history. All right. He's just, he's fitting in the best way possible. So uh, you know, it's not the eye-popping move that everybody was expected. It was kind of the fire sale that we were waiting on. You know, a lot of names went uh, went away. But at the same time, like, it, it was good moves being made. Like, this ball club is better now than they were before this situation. Even though we're still going to be a million games under 500, at least I can look forward to the catcher situation being not just address but it's being looked at carefully meticulously we're not going out and get you know a guy like Shane Langoliers trying to find magic in a bottle for two and a half years no we're doing our due diligence so all right well nobody wants to hear us babble about this anymore we have a very special guest tonight and we are very excited and honored and overjoyed to Welcome our guest, my friend, our friend, Sierra Santos from Hi. MLB Network. Hey. Sierra, thank you. Thank you for jumping on with us. Thanks. And I, I could listen to you guys babble about this all day long. The only thing I asked Justin Lee, don't check my browser history. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we lost her. Yeah. Look, that's what you did. She, she's she's probably looking. She's clearing her cash right now. There we go. She's back. <laughs> yeah. No, somebody decided to FaceTime me out of the blue. I never get phone calls. I never know my my line is my phone is the Sahara. And the one time <laughs> I get on a podcast, somebody decides to FaceTime me. Come on. No, so I'm I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, it, it's it'll be fun to talk about over however long you guys want to talk. Well, we got hours. No. Um, what, what was your reaction? Uh, I know you and I have been kind of texting the last week or so, just trying to figure out what the hell Rick Hahn and the White Sox are trying to do. Um, what was your reaction to what they did and, and did not do? Tim Anderson, Dylan Cease, both um, stayed with the White Sox through the deadline. So he, he, my reaction was on Friday as all the trades started to trickle down. It was, I felt sad. 
I'm not going to lie. I felt sad. And there was like part of me that felt this kind of remorse that, because I genuinely believed this was going to be the year. I did. I, 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 I was all in. I mean, I was in last year too. So I think it was kind of that admittance of failure that it, it was sad for me. And I was sitting there, we have an area at MLB Network, it's called the bullpen, it's where all the producers sit. I sit there and as I was getting ready for intentional talk, right? And I was sitting next to one of our producers that's a White Sox fan. And we, he was just, he was gung-ho. He's like, sell everyone, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. But, and I know that most White Sox fans were feeling that way, but it felt, it didn't feel good to me, right? Like to, to be in this position, this is not where we wanted to be as fans two and a half years later. So I think it, there was like some type of, I was bitter about it and I was angry the whole day. And then like, after I got over it, like I was like, okay, this is what's happening. And it's just, it was like radical acceptance. Like it was, I, I needed to have that Zen moment, right? And then after I got past that, I was like, okay, this is what's happening. I just, for me, to not come out and just say, this is a rebuild, what is it then? What is it? Can somebody answer that? It's complicated. I don't think they have an answer. No, that, relationships. To me, that's the biggest problem. Relationships are complicated. This, this is not, come on. Relationships are complicated. This is, this is what is happening because our... The the idea of being a contender 2024. Chris, do you buy that? Not with this current GM, no. And that's what Rickon came out today and said. Uh, you know, and to the media afterwards, he said their eye is still on competing in 2024. I don't see any feasible way. Right now, what do you have in your rotation? You have Cease, Kopech, and Tuki Toussaint. Uh, are they going to go and spend on two more pitchers? Are you you still need at least an outfielder, probably one, maybe two infielders? You're going to have to replace a catcher unless you're rolling with Corey Lee next year. Like, there's just way too many holes, and now you've kind of decimated your bullpen too. You have Liam Hendricks and and Gregory Santos. I don't see any avenue where they can realistically compete in 24 here. Oh, they can. Uh, How say- you said you said they can. They Real- can. How? Otani and Judge. <laughs> Just those two guys. That's all that they need. No conspiracy. I'm trying to be as serious as possible. That's the only way the White Sox can go back to winning 90 games. They got to add Otani and Judge at the same time. Okay. I mean, granted, like, you are in a terrible division, but at the end of the day, like, I feel like for Chicago sports history with GMs, Lately, Ryan Poles has really made a difference with being up forward with the media and like showing his vision. And it's looking like that's how it's going positive finally for the Bears. And it would have been nice for this deadline for Han to make these deals like he did. And then after it, come out in front of the media and say, all right, this is what I'm planning to do. Or like have some sort of short term vision. But like when I watch it, it's that same like smugness from him saying, oh, I'll We'll just have to wait until the offseason comes to get here before we really decide what direction we're going. Like, no, like, we need to know what you have right now. Especially if you, I mean, you're basically on the hot seat from the fan standpoint. And I don't know how, you know, how much the media has been pushing on them, but, like, I feel 
he needs to show himself here because, you know, if I'm Jerry, I mean, likely he's going to be here this offseason, very likely. But at the end of the day, he needs to show himself because um, we haven't, quite frankly, we haven't seen it. You know, these blemishes aren't enough. And, you know, it hasn't been. This is as fired up as Gonzo gets, by the way, Sierra. Like that that's that's like eleven out of what ten that? rage. That's <laughs> Gonzo rage that you just saw. That's as that's as hard as it gets. Really? He almost, oh I think he God. thought uh F bomb in his head too, and that's that's just unheard of. Uh, are you surprised oh that they held on to Cease? No. Isn't that the isn't that the trait? That's like that's the key cog now, right? It's Cease and Luis Gonz- or Luis Robert. That's it, but, right? You know, I guess the counterpoint is if if you're going to sell high on a guy like Jake Berger, which they did, you can argue with the control that Cease has right now with his contract. His value is probably at an all time high. If you wait till the off season or if you wait till next year's trade deadline, you're not going to get the same return. And it sounds like you know they had some conversations with Baltimore potentially the Dodgers, but you know the ask was astronomical as it should have been. That, but that's what I'm saying. They weren't going to get what they wanted for him, so you might as well just hang on to him. And if you are legitimately trying to compete next season, that's your guy. That's your ace. So why move him at that point? If you're not going to get what you want for him, and I actually do – what I will say is I respect that they made those early trades uh, um, at, you know, on Friday, right? They didn't stick around and wait for the market to kind of unfold. And they did replenish the far- farm system. Like, for example, Edgar Car- uh, Caro, right? Uh, he was at the Futures game. So I was sidelined for the Futures game. I could not, everyone was going on and on and on about Caro. Like, people are so, it, he, I've heard nothing but amazing things. So when I saw his name pop up, I was like, Okay, like bet, because I have familiarity with this guy and especially what I heard from the coaches who were working with him. And granted, it was a it was one game, right? We're talking about a prospects game, but everyone was so adamant that he's 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 legit. So it, it, it when I like I said, when I saw his name pop up, I was like, OK, like I, I, maybe that's that's there's some, we're working with something. Right. I don't know as far as what goes on. Uh, I, the, some of the other prospects I'm not familiar with. Um, usually, there you go. You got the list. Let me see. So, Caro, MLB Pipeline has it number two. He was the number two prospect also for the Angels. Uh, Jake Eater is the guy they got for um, Berger. And that's, to me, I think the guy that has maybe the biggest ceiling. He was in the Futures game in 21, actually. Uh, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. I, I was actually listening to an interview from uh, some Marlins podcast that he did uh, before this season, you know, he's, he's got good stuff. He's got, you know, I've seen comparisons to some very prominent pitchers in the big leagues. Like I heard a left-handed Spencer Strider to me, that's a little bit kind of outrageous. Yeah. That's outrageous to expect that out of a guy, but um, I mean, they've replenished their system quite a bit between the draft and what these trades are, but we've seen this with the White Sox in the past. And actually, I think um, I'll give credit to James Fox. I, I think he tweeted this recently. When you look at the 2017 MLB pipeline, like top 100 prospects, the White Sox currently have like, well, maybe not after the deadline, they have like 12 guys who are on that list. 
Andrew Benatendi was number one. Moncada, um, Kopech, Carson Fult. Like, there was so many guys who either did hit or did not hit, but a vast majority of them did not. I think that the positive thing from what I see out of these trades is that they didn't just go to MLB Pipeline. Not that they did this in the past, but it seems like there's actually some more scouting and some more focus on what they're looking for as far as traits and attributes as opposed to just like, oh, well, we know this guy's one of their top prospects. Like, we want him. Mm-hmm. No, and that... Go, oh, go ahead, ahead, Justin. Go ahead, no, Justin. No, I was, I was just going to say, like, uh, the Jake Berger trade was exactly what Han was trying to do. If you look at what we drafted in Noah Schultz, it's the same profile. But Noah Schultz is five years younger than, you know, Jake. So we wanted that profile, but we somehow wanted to speed it up and get it to the majors faster. You're not going to speed up Noah Schultz. So what you're going to do is you're going to go out and take a swing at a kid that's going to be ready to help your ball club next year. So, I mean, like, I, I don't want to sit here and give Rick Hahn credit because Gonzo already told me we're supposed to be mad at Rick Hahn for some reason. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not I'm not mad at Rick Hahn. Yeah. Not, uh, not personally. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it, it was a good it was a good trade. Now, I mean, honestly, you hate to see a guy like Jake Berger go, but at the same time, we know the nature of the beast, and we know how this situation goes. I saw a tweet actually on at least the last or a month ago for the draft class that they allotted five million for the draft class, and they end up spending nine million, so they put more resources into this draft. So, out of all the news out there for our you know development. I feel like that's a good start, at least starting to spend more resources into it from, you know, the success of developing players that we haven't really seen, you know, in recent years. So my question to all three of you is, again, we've seen this before with the prospect lists and like, oh, we get hyped about things that they do in A ball or double A or triple A. But what faith do we have, assuming, which I think it's, fairly safe to assume there's not going to be any major changes with the front office or the coaching staff or whatever, as far as the structure of this organization, what gives anybody confidence that all these prospects are going to hit or things are going to pan out or not be any different in the future? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to, give fans confidence or what gives the front office confidence. I will say this, my perspective on prospects has changed drastically over this last summer, simply because I did the draft combine and I did the futures game. And so when I went to the draft combine, you have to think there's teams there that are looking at all these kids, they're interviewing all these kids. And I say kids, but they're 18, 19, 20 years old. These are grown men. They're not kids, okay? Like, they have man bodies. And, like, all the former major leaguers that were there that had never been to the draft combine were blown away about with the size, with the power these kids have. And, I, again, I say kids. They're, they're young men. Um, but I've never felt more confident in, in the system that is, you know, a, basically the pipeline, right? Then I have walking away from that. And then after going to cover the futures game, it, it kind of just clicked for me as to why, especially if you get to the point where you're invited to the futures game. So you look at the alumni list and the, it's, it's insane, right? It's, it's absolutely insane. Like who has played in the futures game that is now not just 
uh, an everyday player, but they're superstars. So you have to put a lot of confidence in just uh, these, how they're scouting kids nowadays, because they're looking at them from when they're so young. And I'm not saying that they didn't look at them before when they were young then, like back in the day, but it's just a different caliber of athlete that they're rolling out there on the field. Yeah, and to be honest, um, it's tough to really say, like, because it's the same people developing them. But at the end of the day, with this deadline, at least they put their resources into needs with pitching and catching. Because um, we clearly saw, like, after this, you know, season, when, when Grandal leaves, there was absolutely nothing there. We saw Sebi and Carlos Perez, and we know that we needed to do something at this deadline to get a trade at the very least to uh, start that going for us to fill those needs. Because ultimately the past three years, we've always seen, you know, second base and right field, always a need and haven't been able to fill that. So at least we got something going here with adding more pitching, which you always need um, if you're contending. And um, at the end of the day, you need to develop and get the maturation out of your prospects. And when it comes to catching, I'm still stuttered with filling those needs because we did draft, what, 2016, Zach Collins. And we saw a guy in Collins who really was promising and, you know, the minors had some really solid stretches, better than other players, you know, down there. But then he couldn't go anywhere in the big leagues. I think we just pushed him up too early and he just stuttered and flattened out. Um, and then we end up, you know, trading him away. So I would be... I mean, as, I'm excited seeing Kiro, a promising prospect like himself coming in with Corey Lee, but um, they're definitely going to have to prove themselves with developing these players because um, that's all we can really ask for at this point. We were talking in the group chat actually about like hypothetical trades if you were going to move TA, Cease, whoever. You should always build around pitching in your organization. You can never have enough pitching. If guys don't pan out as starters, you use them in a bullpen. Now, you know, we have these discussions and debates right now. I think Ozzy on the uh, postgame show the other day was saying Michael Kopech might be a consideration for your future closer. So always building around pitching, especially now that you've got a couple left-handed pitchers that they've acquired in the organization is a solid bet. Even if guys don't pan out, like I said, in the rotation, they're still valuable. And you see every single year, closers, setup men, good quality relief pitching goes you know, and even um, Keenan Middleton, like credit to Rick Hahn, they kind of picked him up out of nowhere and they turned an asset into him. So um, I guess my question to you, Sierra, is, is there anything else that they can do in the meantime? Like what, what do you have to look forward to in the next two months of this season? Like what are you evaluating? What are you looking at? Are, are you, they going to give some of these guys some chances in the big leagues? I don't know. How's the weather in Chicago? Dang. Right now it's pretty ah. nice. Give it five yeah, minutes, it'll probably be crappy. <laughs> um, so here, here, let me let me counter this to you. Do you think that Yasmani Grandal is on the roster by the end of the season? By the end of the season, I, I've seen some some stuff about a potential DFA. I, I mean, that would be. I, I don't see the point in it at this. Like at this point, he's not really playing all that much. You're gonna have to pay him anyway. You might as well keep him on the big leagues and hope that. Maybe he can teach something to Corey Lee or that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think what you have to look forward to at this point right now is probably Corey Lee. 
That's probably what you're looking Yikes. forward to the most. I love right? Corey. We just died internally. No, and that's no disrespect I, to Corey Lee. It's I just, this is what we've come to. Like, they lost 100 games and put fans through all this crap for three seasons plus, And this is what we get out of it. Yeah, but okay. Uh, when, they, when the team was going through a rebuild, Slav, and do you remember how exciting it was when we got when some of those call-ups happened? Monk, we were talking about this in a previous episode. Mankata and Kopech's debuts were some of the most like electric it's, games yeah. that I can recall in White Sox like recently. So that's memory. what I'm saying. Like you have that's the one thing about White Sox fans is that they're so knowledgeable about this team, about the farm system that when they know a player is going to get called up that's highly touted, they're going to show up and show out. This isn't a normal fan base. This is like a this right. is a this is a locked in very, 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 very jaded fan base. But yeah. they're good fans, and they know. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. Like, when some of these prospects get called up, people are going to be really excited to see them. So I think you have that to look forward to. And then, I don't know, like, maybe guys stay healthy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, and I'll become a millionaire tomorrow. Sierra, where did the rumors stall with C's at the end of the deadline with Baltimore? Because I, I heard, like, last thing I heard was that they were looking at uh, Jackson Holiday, and that was about it. So I was just curious on what you were seeing there in the studio. Uh, so I don't know. Um, the I think once the, uh, the latest that I had heard, even as of, like, this morning, it was, like, it was all O's in. The O's were all in on, like, uh, Verlander. So I don't know where it stalled out. Um, I didn't hear anything from like any of our insiders, but I think that I, I was under the assumption that Cease was the untouchable during this uh, deadline day. Uh, and that's, that's what I had been hearing from our insiders. Now, maybe they were just asking for too much and that's why it didn't pan out. But I, I that's, from what our insiders are saying, it was Cease was kind of just not on not on the trade market. Okay, uh, Sierra, I've been a White Sox fan my entire life. Uh, most of my favorite players are role players like Brent Lillibridge, some overrated Good guy God. like Yoan Moncada. Uh, I'm here to ask you, <laughs> who are your four White Sox favorite players? Who's on your Rushmore for the South Side? Um, like ever, ever, um, one has to be first one that comes to mind. Jim Tomey. Mm. Look at God. We share the same birthday. Me and Jim Tomey share the same birthday. Fun fact. Literally, literally the nicest man on the face of the planet. Like he's, he's amazing. Jim Tomey's amazing. Um, I, I, uh, I umpired Landon right before I left to come out here for my career out here on the West coast. But my last year umpiring, I got to umpire Landon on the field and he, I got to talk to Jim in person. He was my, he was my favorite growing up. So I was so happy to talk to him and not only just even like, not even like realizing just talking to him, but like in that moment realizing, like, Oh my God, I'm looking at his son play. And like that kid is just unbelievable himself too. But it was just a surreal moment altogether. I'm with you though. 
No, I, it changes like it, what, one conversation with Jim and you're sold. Like, look at Slav nodding his head. He's like, yeah, he's, he really is the best. I can only think of his like voice anytime someone mentions his name. Cause it's, yeah, you know, Sierra. It's just like, <laughs> he's just such like, he's so central Illinois. Like, like so salt Farm boy, earth. fun oh, dude. So yeah. Great. I great love guy. Him. Okay, so um, I'll go, so I didn't grow up a White Sox fan, so my history is more recent history. I just know Jim personally because I work with him and stuff like that. So he's one of my favorites. Uh, my favorites, I'll just go with favorites from like I guess when I covered them till now. Is that fair? Yeah, since yeah. I know the guys. I wonder if you're gonna say someone who I'm thinking about. We did a feed. We did a like really cool off season feature on him. That's one of my most proud things that I did at NBC Sports. Are you talking about Yolmer? Yes. Don't call me Carlos. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Yolmer things that we Sanchez. ever did. We did. We yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, he yeah. was he was great. He was vibes, right? Um, yeah. so actually, hundred percent. Actually, like Tim Anderson is one of my favorite White Sox players, and he got called up on my birthday. I will never forget. <laughs> and Tim has always had my back. Like Tim is a, Tim's a real one. And that's, that's one of his, he's one of my favorite guys. So uh, I have to say Tim and then Slavko knows the reason for this. I can't tell this story. Chris Sale. I'm going to have to text remember? you after this. I, I feel Do like you... I think I remember. You don't remember what happened. There was there was an issue. There was some sunflower seeds. There was a hot mic, and Chris Sale also had my back. As long yes. as you were in the pickup truck. Do you remember now? I yes the yes the hot mic yes I recall. Yeah no it was Chris, Chris Sale, Sale is a polarizing guy. I don't really. You think so? I think so. Yeah, not a lot of people like him. He's he's um, he is. He owns who he is and the type of guy he is. And I think some people are rubbed the wrong way by that because he's not like everybody else. Mm, I, the one thing I love about Chris Sale is he owns it. Whenever he goes out there and he, you know, poops a bed, he, he owns it. And he, I, I think that makes him genuine. I like him for that. And I like, I like guys who stick up for me too. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, uh, he, he, he stood up for me and, and I, I will never forget that. Like there's certain instances that you have with players when you're covering them, when they do something that, um, you'll, you just remember forever. Yeah. Uh, Chris sale. And then. Could I ask if the, uh, Jersey situation was just overblown? Do you feel ripping up? No. <laughs> I mean, who does that? Gonzo, have you ever heard of a situation like that in any sport? Ever? I gotta get Was a good it laugh. overblown? I gotta get. I gotta get a good laugh out of her. No. I mean, it's like a temper tantrum for a child. Like, were you guys together uh, with NBC when that went on? I couldn't remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. Um, it was around the trade deadline too, and 
there was like late word came out. Chris Sale's a late scratch from his start. And we're like, oh, sh- no, like not today. Like my show's ready. Like we, we need, we can't have him get traded right now. And then like these reports start coming out, like it's over an argument or something or other. And then it's like, yeah, he took a bunch of scissors to all the jerseys in the clubhouse. And there's actually, I can't remember now. There's a funny story. Like one Jersey survived. And I can't remember which player it was, but like they still have that. And it's like the great, like unknown story. I got to find out who it is that still has their jersey from that day. Cause Chris Hale just destroyed everything. <laughs> he, and, and I, I talked to players after the incident, like after stuff had blown over. Like it wasn't like, like he, he, he destroyed those. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't, it, no, I don't think it was overblown. And you can remember, Slav, I, I think like that day I was in studio or something like that. And they were like, you need to go to the ballpark. <laughs> right now. Right now. Yeah. Like get there immediately. Um, and then I don't know. That's a great question. I, I'm trying to think like, honestly, like if I'm going with guys I work with, I've worked with that's like former I mean, Scotty Pods, right? Triple OG. Scotty Pods. Pods is the man. Pods, Pods is so is easy to man. talk to. He's just so easy to talk to. I'll never forget in 21, um, in the playoffs, I was playing golf in the off day between games like three and four or two and three. And he texts me and I was like on the 17th hole and he's like, hey, yeah, I was just trying to give you a call like for a quick chat. And I'm like, you know, he's asking me like, where do I need to be for the next show or something? And he calls me and he's just like, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on the first couple games of the series. And I'm like, bro, you're a world series hero. Why are you calling <laughs> Joe Schmell producer to ask my thoughts about the world? Like what's happening in the playoffs, but him and him and I align on a lot of things. And, um, yeah, I think he's, he's just as confused as a lot of the rest of us about what the heck's going on with this, um, the state of the organization right now. You know what? That's a really good question, though, and I'm going to have to stew on it now. Now I'm going to have to, like, jog my memory because there were some guys that were that were on the Sox that, that I'm not recalling that I really, really loved. And, like, I didn't know Scotty when he played on the Sox. I know him afterward, just like I didn't know Jake Peavy when he played on the Sox. And I work with him now, and that man is – he that man is – uh, an angel he's an angel like love that guy um so there's there's a lot of former players that i currently work with that you know it it changes your opinion when you get to know them as people right when you when you break bread with somebody you've got a different impression on them of them versus when you're holding a microphone to their face so you're you're not shy to like I guess admit that you're a White Sox fan or you've become a White Sox fan. Um, anyone who follows you on social media would definitely get that. What was it like about the Sox? What was it that just kind of stuck with you that made you kind of keep it? Uh, the fans. I think that they have the most loyal, uh, not not just the most loyal, but some of the smartest fans in baseball. Um, and I, I always, you know, you can go to a Cubs game, right. And have this amazing time and go to Wrigleyville and get, you know, get lit. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to have a good time. You don't necessarily have to know a single person in the Cubs rotation to have a good time. 
if you're going to a White Sox game and you are a White Sox fan, you know that team front to back. You know who's a middle reliever. And you know who's the next big thing in 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 the uh, farm system. So I think that's what really made me respect the fan base. And then on top of that, they really showed me so much love. And I think it was it it was a mutual it was a mutual thing, you know. <laughs> we loved each other. They still show you love when we tweeted out that you're going to be on the show. Everyone's like, "Sierra's my favorite." I'm like, "Yeah, us too." <laughs> Sierra's that great. was the most likes we ever got on a tweet when we coming <laughs> on the show. No, he's, it's it's real though. Like they show real love, and it's not it's not fake. And I just I have so much respect for that fan base. That's why I still you know, here at the, at the national network level, I still show the Sox mad love and try to include them and try to um, do whatever I can to like, make sure that, that no one forgets about them, even when they're, you know, throwing off the whole team. They're very forgettable lately. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Like, Slav, I told you before the show, I forgot they're not making the playoffs. I almost <laughs> forgot to do this episode. Stop. No, I, I, no, I, I, no, I, I, I love I, I love this team, though. I, I love this. I love this. Sorry. I love this fan base and, and how much they love the team. And it may, it's, it's contagious, right? Uh, yeah, the the tough the, the toughest thing about the White Sox fan base is the arguments over Yon Moncada. Now, don't get me wrong; he's not been the best third baseman in the league. But Sierra, let me tell you something. I've had okay. to get I've got six Go on. Twitter accounts deactivated in defense of <laughs> Yon Moncada in a two in a two and a half year span. Yo, you've got six burners. Yes, I'm out here like Kevin Durant. I'm in Southside Kevin Durant. Yo, stop. All, he got all in defense of Yoan Moncada. <laughs> Yo, wait, what were their names? Uh, well, I had the Green Eyed Soup. I had uh, the Pantera. Uh, right now, I got Caraxes right now. I'm running out of email addresses to make sure. <laughs> Well, it's it's Justin oh. Lee at Gmail, Justin Lee at Gmail, <laughs> Justin Lee at Gmail, Justin Lee at Gmail. Like, yeah, you're tripping. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so what? Wait, can I? Where is that deep rooted defense of Yuamankara? Like, where does that stem from? Let's unpack this. Well, okay. So my step team is the Boston Red Sox. So okay, step team. I've, I've been. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been following. I've been following Yoan since he's been in the system. Once they made the Chris Sale trade, that was one of the best days of my life because that was one of the first trades that was a win-win for me as a fan. So, okay. uh, you know, Yoan's tearing it up in Charlotte. You know, he come he comes up. He's absolutely terrible at second base, and then we move him to third base in 2019, and he's like the Cuban homelander, and he was God. Now, mm -hmm. fast forward to 20. Uh, you know, 2023, I only remember him as 2019 Yon A lot of people see the, the stuff in between. So it's just me uh, basically being a delusional White Sox fan in defense of one of my favorites that's ever played for the franchise. 
Yeah, all because he he came up through the Red Sox system. He's a switch hitting uh, third baseman. He's a good athlete. I mean, cosmetic. Great singer. Good like, dancer. Optically watching Yohan Moncada play baseball is a gift. I that's privilege right there. I am blessed to watch him watch play baseball, even though he's batting like two ten and one of the worst players in franchise history right now. But optically, he's a good baseball player, especially defensively. So I'll defend him, and hopefully, he doesn't end up getting traded at the end of the off season. Which I'm praying to God nobody wants to get that contract and he dies in a White Sox uniform. Okay, so if if, if watching Yuan Moncada is a gift, what is what is it watching Shohei Otani? Mm, that's like keep it PG. <laughs> well, I got nothing now. So. It's the big O. It's Otani. It's the big O. It's the big O. <laughs> it's the big o. Like Shohei Otani hit a baseball over the left center field wall in LA on the rock pile. Like who does that? I, I'm just, I, no, I, I really, I, I think that's really sweet that you created burners to defend Yoan Moncada. Like, of, of all people, Yoan Moncada, like, what? Does he, he know this? I, absolutely not. I feel like he should send you a fruit basket. <laughs> if, you DM, if you DM him on Instagram, just be like, bro, look at all my Moncada defense <laughs> burners. Yep. He'd probably see it. He probably would see it. What'd you say? I think that should be his next solo song, you know? Justin Jay's Burners. <laughs> Jay's Burners. Don't do that. Yo, he's, not going he's not going triple platinum on my behalf. Not until he raised that uh, slugging percentage, I'll tell you that much. Well, that's endearing. Okay, out of out of out of any White Sox player that you would create a burner for, Slav, Chris. Who would you create a burner for to defend him? Billy Hamilton. Stop. He is the heart and soul of this entire history of the organization. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone. I mean, I like you know, Dylan Cease is my guy. Current, no, current roster. Current um, roster. It would, it would, I mean, it would have to be Cease. Um, the, I, the, yeah, but he doesn't need a burner. That's well. No, Cease doesn't need a burner. You, there's a lot of people that really wanted to see him traded the last couple of days. No, I mean, it's he probably need, not he because he doesn't need a stinks. burner in his defense. Let's see who I got to think I say, on this one. Can I Go say ahead, Andrew, Andrew Vaughn because I feel like oh he's getting good. a lot of he's getting a lot of shit on Twitter and he's not on social media too much at all. Okay. And Kopech. Gonzo, that's your boy. No, it's not my what boy. What do you mean, no? Yeah. Uh, hey, stop playing, Gonzo. Don't do this, bro. Do wait, 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 wait. Start of the up, season. I need backstory. I need context. Start of the season, Gonzo is calling Kopech a number two starter. Not potential. He said he's a number two starter. And then he said, based on how he's throwing it in spring training, which at the time, he wasn't throwing it well. You know what? We all make – we all – have little faux pas and predictions. I, I mean, I had the White Sox, you know, I had the White Sox going to playoffs. So you're Me fine. Too. Well, you're fine. 
Don't worry about it. Just I had Grandal having a big bounce back season, and that was a big whiff. Mm. Hey, hold on now. Grandal won me my only pick to click this year. Remember that. Well, that should count for more than I think. I think my my take was accurate then. Big yeah. bounce back year. If he can get you a pick to click, anything can happen. What you trying to say, Slav? I feel like you're trying to get something off your chest. I think that you're in dead last this season with with the standings. Okay, I think. All right. Not. So hey. he's going Vaughn. So we've got we've got. Hang on, let me point out. Uh, Moncada. Vaughn. Uh, I'm trying to point. No, nope, <laughs> I'm pointing at the right. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to do. Okay, Gonzo's got Vaughn. Okay, go ahead. Floor is yours, Slav. I guess it would have to be Aloy um, because to me, I still think okay. he's, he's the, he is like, Robert doesn't need one. We know Robert is by far the best player on the White Sox no, and he's he proving need it one. right now. But Aloy, I mean, golly, if the guy could just freaking stay healthy to me, he is, he can sleepwalk his way to a 40 home run, hundred RBI season. Like he is that good. And I think he'd hit 290 at least doing it. But he just can't stay on the field. And the less protection that you have around him, it's like, well, why the hell would I throw him anything decent to hit? Especially sure. over the outer third, because he's the guy. We've said it a million times. If he's locked in, he's up the middle and opposite field. And how many times do we see over the right center field wall um, a Aloy Jimenez home run? So, I mean, I don't think there's a ton of people who, like, hate on Aloy. I think there's just a bunch of people who realize, like, he can't stay healthy and I think I tweeted this the other day. I wouldn't want to trade him, but if Milwaukee or whoever else was really in desperate need of a bat gave you this huge trade offer, why not? Why it. not look yeah. into it? Because whatever, like Han said today, whatever we've been trotting out there hasn't been working. So they've got to figure something out. Also, I think Junior mentions this every week. What happened to Oscar Colas? Because in April we were like ready to anoint him the next like big thing. But when is two thirteen? When is I mean, how often does somebody get anointed the next big thing on the south side? Every other day. Every other day. Two week syndrome. Two week syndrome. Because every single guy is the next big thing, and then as soon as they go over four, they're like, "Whoa, this guy sucks." Overreactions are. There's just too many over fours, though. That's the problem. With a lot Sierra, of these guys. Can I ask you what from the insiders on the network, what was the details on the let's speak of Otani, what is the details on the Angel ownership keeping Otani then, you know, trading the assets for him when he's gonna be a free agent this offseason? I think it was their only chance in order to keep Otani. Uh, I think that's a collective decision. It was their own their best bet at keeping Otani was to not trade him. You know, in 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 and give him a taste of the postseason, right? And show him, hey, we're all in on you. This is what we're going to go get for you in order to make sure that you see what postseason baseball looks like in Anaheim. And I think that that was the the collective agreement. Um, I think that a lot of the analysts and insiders were kind of, um, I think it was half and half. Like half were like, you should trade Otani. Half were like, no, you need to keep him because it's, it's a black, it's, it was, I, I don't want to say it's a lose, lose either way, but it kind of is right. Because you keep him and you don't make the postseason. He's gone. 
you keep him, you do make the postseason, he might be gone anyway. But their best chance at being able to attract him to stay there was yeah. basically to show him, hey, we're look look at all look at all it's a gift watching you play. <laughs> CJ exactly. Crone protected him in the lineup tonight, batting third. And Mike yeah. Moustakis was behind him. Like, I mean, they got a couple couple guys from the Rockies. They get Giolito and Lopez. Like, and you pretty much sold off the little farm system that you had. Is that like do those guys move the needle for him? I mean, I think it was a futile effort. I think it was more so a save face with the fans because trading him midseason when you're still only like you know a handful of games out on the wild card your best player, your most marketable player, and say what you want about Mike Trout. Like, that's just a fact. Otani's global. Um, right. I think I think it was the mistake. I mean, I understand why they did it. I think lose-lose. I, I don't think even – unless they somehow magically win a World Series this year and then he walks, you're like, okay, well, at least we won one with him. Well, that, that's, that's the thing, Slav, not to cut you off, but this is the only chance the Angels have – to win a World Series unless Tim Salmon comes out of retirement, which really ain't going to happen. If you look at, and it's the Garrett Anderson ain't walking through that door. David Eckstein ain't walking through that door, pal. So when you look at what the GM for the Orioles, uh, not the Orioles, the Angels, the situation they're in, they was playing good base, good competitive baseball going into the deadline. Make no mistake about it. That's a GM. That's, that's, that's the gift right there because now I don't have to overspend but I still have the leeway to make moves. Like there was moves out there. Why the angels didn't get Seawald? Why weren't they in play for Verlander? You know what I'm saying? Because they know for a fact, this ain't that they shit the bed. They I don't think there's out. anybody that they have to give up for Verlander. Exactly. So the only, the only chance you have right now is these plumbers that you got in Shohei Otani for the World Series. <laughs> thank God, thank God, you got Mike Trout coming back. You're getting good production from Renfro, Luis Renjifo, looking like an Avenger right now at the leadoff spot for him. I mean, you got you you are playing competitive baseball, but at the end of the day, Slob, you were right. They were supposed to pop him off and I restart. I mean, the only thing you got in the farm system is Logan O'Happy with one shoulder. Hey, don't forget about Jared Walsh. Damn it. Come on, man. What about him? Don't count him out. Let him get hot. Every time you say that, the guy doesn't get hot or the team He's about doesn't as get hot. hot. As second year Daniel Palka. That's how hot he is oh, this year. Oh, my goodness. Let's bring back Rick and Keel. Come on, man. See, Gonzo, you know what? <laughs> Jay, I know you wanted, you wanted to turn this conversation around real quick. I yeah. want to hear this question because this is so, up Sierra's alley. Yeah, Sierra, I, I did a little internal investigation. I was on IG and I seen your shoe game is fucking 11 out of 10. So I got to ask you, what's your holy grail of shoe? Are you the Jordan? Do you like a Nike Dunk? Are you a Yeezy? What's your go-to? What do you like? I am a Christian Louboutin and Nike Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I live in Christian Louboutins or my favorite pair of shoes is like, I've got a pair of dunks. They're not pandas. Somebody called me a basic bitch the other day because well, there's they, nothing wrong with the pandas. They're not pandas. Okay. But they're, even if they were, Here. there's nothing wrong with them. 
They're not pandas. They're way Donzo, over. I think we got a we got a scumbag meltdown here. Sierra's on meltdown duty right now. See, do you oh, see no, it's those are not pewter? Yeah, they're pewter. And then on the other side, they're gold. Oh, okay. Oh, those, oh. those are very Sierra shoes. I like those uh those rainbow heels that you always wear. Like those are when I think of you, that's one of the first things I think of. Those tie-dye looking heels. They're dope. Those I are mean, like I, have, shoes. I, I I live in, yeah, I'm either in Dunks or Jordans or I'm in Christian Louboutins and 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 that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when um, I go to White Sox games, I got like some beat up white Air Force ones. So beat up as long as you don't wear the all black ones, because then no, that means business. That. Nope. You cook you wait, you cook your sneakers? Yeah, I, I yeah. Wait, what? Fried. Fried, cooked. Like oh, probably like... after after two weeks, I'm gonna need a new pair of uh, white ones. Easy. But you keep the you keep you keep the fried ones? Absolutely. I got two pair of beat up white Air Force Ones right now. I mean they're they're good work shoes. Donate them. Beaters for work. <laughs> I'm not what do you mean work shoes? I'm wearing them to a wedding tomorrow. <laughs> you cannot wear dingy sneakers to a wedding. Yeah, fifty cent did it. He gets married on a Wednesday. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> <laughs> that might deserve some beat up sneakers. <laughs> wait, wait. He's like, it's my own. Um, how old are you? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Uh, Thirty. Lies. Oh. See, I was going to say, like, if you're, if you're, I feel like people in their 20s like to cook their sneakers big time. No. Yeah. So now, now I feel like a piece. You're too, you're too grown <laughs> to cook your sneakers so, and wear so, them outside. Uh, good night, everybody. I got to go scrub some shoes, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Gonzo, my pick, Gonzo, my pick to click is Zach fucking Rimbalard next week. Good night, everybody. I got you. Gonzo, you got any fashion questions? You know, you keep it on subject. No, I was just gonna ask Sierra who has been her favorite interview with MLB Network or favorite moment, um, as well. Oh God, um, <clears throat> interview. Vinny Pasquantino was great. Ooh, Vindal. He was great. He was. It, the thing is, like on on our show, on Intentional Talk you have to be able to play ball. Like, because we're not asking, we're, we might ask you two max baseball questions. The rest is all your opportunity to showcase your personality, to show fans and baseball fans, not just your own home fan base, who you really are, what you're really like, what you're really about. And so some guys, um, mostly younger ones, but they, they, they play it a little bit too serious instead of leaning in. You have to lean in and just you have to come and 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 f around, right? You you can't you can't can't play it straight. Uh, Vinny get, Pasquantino was great. Go ahead. Have you ever interviewed Vado? You and Vado would be a hilarious interview. That'd be box office right there. Pay per view. I'm. I don't. Think we've gotten Votto? No, we. I haven't. Got, we haven't gotten Votto this year. I need um, to see Joey Votto and Sierra Santos on the same program by the end of the season. <laughs> Before he retires, like we gotta get you guys to do an interview because that would be. I. That's that's must watch. 
Um, who was just on? Um, TJ Friedel was just on and he was great. Great. Like sometimes there's these guys that are like super unexpected and you're like, whoa, like this guy's got mad personality, tells great stories, like, and you're really impressed by it. Uh, who else? Um, oh I my thought God, Burger is... did a good job on there when he went on. We've had Burger? This season? Yeah. I think it was a, what was a, a week ago, a week and a half ago. Maybe I wasn't there. Was I there? I don't believe so. I don't remember. No, I maybe it was on somebody else. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it was on a different show. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think. I feel like I you would like, remember if you talked to Bert. I would. Yeah. I, I feel like. I feel like I would. Um, oh, it was your, you guys. It could have been. Uh, who was it? Oh my god. Um, he's he's on the Yankees. I'm trying to remember. But anyway, Kevin Millar asks the craziest questions. Right? He'll be like, "Who has the best shower body?" You know, and he asked um, one of the Yankees, and I'm blanking on his name right now. It'll come to me in a second. He was like, out of the three, you know, Kevin talks like, he's like, out of the three richest guys. <laughs> he's like, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, or Aaron Judge. Who's the cheapest? And he starts cracking up. He couldn't even contain his laughter. Oh, no, that's not on my show. My bit. Was it MLB Network? Yeah, it's on yeah, MLB, it's MLB Network. Network. I just, it wasn't my show. Sorry. Um, that's Lauren Shahadi. I know we kind of, you know, dark hair. We all look the same. <laughs> Burn me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. It, but it was, it was on Central, I think. Um. And so this kid starts cracking up. He's dying. And then he, like, cause he's, I'm like, there's no way he's going to answer this. And he starts laughing. He's like, ha, 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 ha. He goes, <laughs> Oh, wow. He just threw him under the bus. Yeah. Damn. It's wow. the OG, too, and you're going to do it. Yeah. Like he's like, Stanton. And I'm like, oh, yo, you just called him out. I like, respect. So, um. I, I think Pasquantino comes to mind, and then I'm sure there's been other guys. I just they, there's been a they're they're usually great because uh, players generally want to come on our show because it's easy and it's not serious. We're not going to hang them out to dry. We're not trying to trick them or ask them anything that's like you know that that it's going to get them in trouble with their teammates. Like it's it's all fun, right? And well, that's what Stan it's about. might disagree with that. <laughs> Yeah, I guarantee you. Stan's trying it, to run the fade right now. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If, if Stanton is cheap, he knows he's cheap. No? It probably. At this point in his career, like as much as he's gotten paid, you can't get away with being cheap in New York City. What's Giancarlo like, Stanton cheap? Like, what qualifies as cheap? Like, I don't know. I don't know, but some guys are really generous, you know, some guys are the guy, some, you know, with the guys go out, some guy is the one picking up the tab, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's generous dudes, so, um, I don't know. And Stanton don't qualify. <laughs> Maybe, well, I don't know, you know, there's those people who are like, what's your Venmo? Okay, send me $250, you know, I, after that's dinner. One of my, that's such, uh, I don't want to get myself in trouble. I hate that people do that. Just like, Take the points or something, or like we'll figure it out later. I don't like people that keep tabs. Like, oh, I bought dinner last time. It's your turn now. 
<laughs> but you should already know it's your turn. Exactly. Thank you. You should already know it's your turn. Like, hey, I got this one. That's it. Gonzo, how much? How often are you picking up the tab, huh? I feel like way too often, but uh, ego. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty dry. I'm running dry right now out here in San Diego. It's uh, expensive <laughs> living out here. <laughs> oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Won't you okay. try out for would... the Padres? They got money for you. <laughs> Can I ask you guys one thing? Who is the one player you wanted to get traded that didn't? Mm. I'll go first, Luis Robert. Shut up. I'm dead serious. Stop. I'm, I'm dead serious. Stop. <laughs> I'm dead You're serious. a terrible liar. I'm dead serious. No, that's not even a hot take. I'm gonna kick you you're, off. You're this just show. you're you're being in, you're just saying inflammatory comments. <laughs> I just I just came out and been honest with you guys about my burner accounts for y'all, Mercado. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you even gave us the usernames, like you. you... Yeah, he's got a burner account. I I say it all the time on the show, like Luis Robert is an outstanding player, but we're in a transition period now. I understand we want to keep Luis talent, but. He is not the, that's not the culture I want to usher in with the new kids. I don't feel, I don't like Luis Roberts baseball. How can I say mannerisms? Like, are you serious right now? I have a gold glove center fielder slob. They still can't get behind a fly ball to throw somebody out. Or yeah, I mean, in the chest. There's a a dollar for every time you said that I might be able to pay Luis Robert the rest of his contract. (laughs) And maybe, maybe I'm nitpicking right now. Maybe I'm kind of being a boomer, but he's third in major league baseball in war this year. Like he's actually finally doing it. Yeah. He can improve, but like he's, what are you going to, there's like, you're going to get a Juan Soto type deal for him. That's the only thing that makes sense. So let's just talk about about the next two to three years. Right. Let's just say Luis Robert can. Oh no! Oh, oh, you're breaking this down. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Luis, I, 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 we're getting Luis, a full Luis, explanation. Luis Robert plays to his seal in the next two to three years. Where do you think the White Sox are success-wise? I mean, he's one of twenty-six. Like he can only do so much. Exactly, he can only do so much by himself. He's going to be by himself. But what are you going to do without him? How much worse would they be I'm if they didn't over. have him? I'm getting, I'm getting the best haul I could possibly get for Luis Robert. But Gonzo, what do you think? <laughs> Go. Who, who did you want to get traded that didn't get traded? I wanted to see Eloy get traded. Okay. Just because of his durability, I would have tried to get what I could. Because, um, I mean, I saw those Brewers talks heating up. So I was kind of getting hopeful, um, but I understand why they didn't move for, move him because of the, where the value was at on him. Um, that's why I was kind of hoping, like, when, when was that, like, beginning of July when he first got injured? Like, he's starting to get hot, and I was kind of hoping he didn't get injured, so the value would have kept going there. Um, so for me, it would have been Eloy from, the, like, those names. I hate to say it, but T.A. Um, for multiple reasons. Like, I really like T.A., but if if you are going to send a message to your team like anybody is fair game to get traded because of the failures, like not that it would be blaming TA by trading him, 
But for the last four or five years, like this has been his team. Say what you want about Jose Abreu. Say what you want about Lance Lynn or anybody else. This is TA's team. When TA goes, the White Sox were good. Um, and he does when he doesn't, generally they don't score runs and they don't win games. So I think to me, if you trade TA and you can get any kind of like, you know, solid return, I already kind of have a feeling that they're not going to pay him whatever that next contract is going to be regardless because he's going to want top shortstop money. He's really not been a top shortstop the last couple seasons. And then not that the off the field stuff is like troublesome, but you can make a case that it's probably hampered his ability on the field the last two years. If you trade Tim Anderson, that to me kind of like gives you that shockwave in the clubhouse. Like, oh shit, like this is real. Like we, we messed this up. Like TA's gone. TA's been the guy that we've been following for better, for worse for four years now. Now what do we do? And that to me, I think would have really made an impact, uh, an impactful kind of mark on, on the rest of this roster uh, that doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Doesn't matter what status you think you have, whether it's in major league baseball or here in this clubhouse. That to me shows a certain level of accountability. Granted, it's not again like it's not TA's fault, but I think that would have been something that like really moves the needle. To me, what they did, it's fine. It doesn't move the needle a ton like Jake Berger does because you had control for a few years. But Giolito is going to walk. Lopez, okay, like he's a relief pitcher. Um, Lance Lynn wasn't going to stick around. I just that to me would have sent a really really um, striking message to to this team like all right we got to get this a, together could i add a name too no <laughs> yeah mike, you can mike clevenger mike clevenger after his for outing back from injury he's got the mutual option so i don't believe it's going to be picked up so might as well get value out of him before he goes that's just another arm that i felt like with gilito and Lynch. really good point gonzo yeah i just wonder if he's done enough in his mind if it's a mutual option, I think the White Sox, I mean, they're going to need someone in the rotation. So he's pitched fine. Like when he's been healthy, he's been serviceable for a number four, number five for a bad team. But I think they would be open to keeping him, which it seems like they probably weren't going to get a ton in return. And I think if he's not 100% confident in his health, I can see them just kind of being like, all right, let's try this one more year next year because – He'll get another chance to throw as many innings as he can and potentially be a trade deadline acquisition for somebody else in one year. I see it that, like, that's a steal if the Sox can keep him for 12. I just feel like on his side of it, he's going to want more money and free agency to stretch that out a little bit more than 12, you know. But has he done enough to earn that deal? Yeah, but he's still got the the next two months. True. Yeah. He, that's That's a long time. Plus, out of the starts that he has with us, he was pretty strong, I felt. Are you surprised, Sierra? Like, is there somebody that you thought that they would have been more aggressive in trying to offload? Um, so I, I was – okay, I didn't want TA to get traded, but if, if they did trade to TA to an actual contender, I was going to be really happy for him. I don't know if that makes sense. Like um, some people you just, you want the best for them and shoot, even, even Clevenger, I would have been happy for him if he would have gotten traded to a contender because, you know, who doesn't want to play in the postseason? you know? So I, I, that's, 
that's probably my number one guy would have been PA, not because I don't want, I don't want to see him in a White Sox uniform, but because I really want to see him have success. When Bichette went down, I thought, all right, that might be, yeah. that might be a location for him. Um, and TA to his credit in the what, six games he's played in the playoffs in his career, he's got like 17 hits. Like he has killed it yeah. in the spotlight. And then obviously the field of dreams game. Can, can we bring the dogs on camera? Just like before you go, like we have to see them. Inky and Neil? Yeah. I know them, but you got to introduce, you got to introduce everybody else know. to them. I got to put this glass of wine down. <laughs> uh, Slav, to your point about TA in Toronto, I think it's just one problem with adding TA to the roster. Uh, they're not going to have them lead off in the, bottom of, in the bottom of the, the bottom of the lineup for Toronto has been their strength. Barsho, Merrifield, Jansen, you know what I'm saying? So they already have a shortstop that's been performing better than TA uh, on the roster. And they have guys that they could put, you know, to move around. And yeah. I think the GM for Toronto is still favoring OPS because he went out and made the move for Paul DeMond, the power hitting infielder. Oh, yeah, they got that dog in them. <laughs> there they are. They're chilling. How old are they now? What's some Dude, names? Neil, Neil Diamond is like 13, bro. Yeah, look he's, at how, he's Look old. at how old he looks. He's, he's gotten gray. He's gotten gray. Poor little babies. And then Inky is like, I don't know, she's probably like 10. She doesn't look her age. <laughs> at all. We we both don't. How how do they like uh, NYC? Oh look, you got another little dog friend. What's your dog's name? This is Apple. 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 Yep. Uh, what's that? What'd you ask, Seth? Uh, how do they like NYC? I mean, they're used to city living by now. Oh my God, Neil Diamond is thriving in Jersey. Thriving, like a lot he. Of talent for him. He has made so many dog friends here. He's he's a fan of the weather. He likes it better than Chicago. Wow. Chicago was a little bit too cold for Neil Diamond. Not for Inky. Neil Diamond, though. Uh, Gonzo, what kind of dog, what breed is that? It looks like some sort of husky, husky. with those eyes. But, like, it's it looks floofy. It's too floofy to be a regular husky. She's a Pomsky. Pomsky. A Pomsky? Get, yeah. the get out of here. Oh, Let's get a closer she's look. Big. Oh, look at that. She's two years old. But how big How big is she? How much does she weigh? 30 That's pounds. not appropriate to ask. <laughs> You're sensitive about that. She's 30 pounds. I think he looks great for You her. guys are doing a great job working on that PETA sponsorship, I swear. We're a dog-friendly oh. show. We like That's pets true. here at, at the Blackout Show. Yeah. Uh, Sierra, before we before we let you go, any any other final thoughts on the trade deadline? Winners, losers, or any anything else you just want to share? Fun stories. Is that a bobblehead of you behind you? I noticed that actually when you walked away. Is that a, are got, you serious? Is that a Sierra Santos bobblehead? I got it. I got it as a gift for my birthday. Kiana actually got this for me. That's incredible. It's right under my Panthers that's amazing rally towel. But look at the dogs on it. Oh my God. It's actually like spot on. Right? I mean, kind of, right? That's pretty, it, it works. It's passable. 
The pose, though, and the hair, it's spot on. Yeah. Kind of. But the dogs. The dogs are And the the shoes. Stars of the show. Hey, are they the rainbow shoes you're talking about? It kind of reminds me of those. It kind of looked like them a little bit. A little bit. That's the the staple. Um, Um, No, so... Final thoughts. Um, I really i'm i'm a little bit i'm not i don't want to i don't want to offend astros fans but i'm a little bit tired of houston you know what i'm saying so like i really 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 want the rangers to just give them a run for their money you know what i'm saying like do something I, i i'm just a little i'm a little tired of the astros right now and it's it's not even because I'm during the World Series, like I'll be on the road and I'll get to cover games and everything like that. It's not even because like I dislike Houston or anything like that. Although when when we did go to Houston, they're so used to winning that you know when a team is hosting a, a World Series, right? There's a certain type of energy. There's this buzz that when you go into that town you just feel it it's like astros fans are so used to winning and that city is so used to winning that you didn't really feel like you didn't feel like the lovey the lovey vibes you know what i'm talking about or no the energy yeah like when the white Sox are good there's it's electric like buzz is the perfect word or when the bear you you know what it's like when the bears are good in chicago you yeah. don't feel Crazy. that buzz. And I was surprised by that when we went into Houston. Now, when we went to Philly, oh, yeah, you, you, you yes, you felt the buzz in Philly. But it's just like, at, at this point, Astros fans are like, hmm, we're back again. Do you think so, they, take the, they, they take their team's success for granted at this point? They should. They should take it for granted. They, or they shouldn't, but they... they I mean, at this point, when you're used to winning that much, it's like, eh. I don't know. I really hope the Orioles do something cool, too. Yes. Give me something I, new. I, I want the Orioles. And you know what I was... Okay, final thought. Because I said this all day long. You I don't have to go. Really, <laughs> I was you actually can stay really, on as long as you want. I was actually really disappointed that the Reds didn't do more at the deadline. Because I am all in on the Reds. I love the Reds. Holy crap. When the Reds are on, I'm watching the Reds. And I was disappointed that my step team, uh, the Diamondbacks, didn't do more as well. Um, Okay, you bring in Paul Sewell, but then you unload Chafin. So it was kind of like... A sideways move. That was weird. it, it 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 didn't really track for me. So I was a little bit bummed. I think they. I I think if uh, Arizona thought it was winning time, they would have called Cincinnati about Alexis Diaz. I think he would have been perfect for that situation because now you. But why would they part? Why would they part ways with him? Well, that's true too. So I mean, I I just I just feel they were they weren't going to part ways with him because Cincinnati's. I I I said that to just say I agree with you with the Seawald. I think they could have done more than just seawall because they did address a position in need but i feel like it wasn't the upgrade that they thought because seawall ain't a lockdown reliever he's just a reliable ninth inning guy yeah so uh, bummer 
Stop. I forgot. Like, I did not. There were so many reports about like Aaron Bummer is like borderline untouchable, or the Sox don't want to. I understand. Like his his um, like his metrics are good. He does his job, but like he throws, like he walks too many guys, and his ERA is six and a half. Like, did you trade see the, the miss, guy. Did you see the missed barrel stat? He's right behind. I did. Sandy. Yeah. Santos and Bummer are one and two in Major League Baseball in like barrel percentage per plate appearance, which is great. But if you're still getting giving up runs because you walk two guys and then you get an infield single that scores a run, which is like the classic Aaron Bummer like scenario, like your ERA is six and three quarters. Like, what are you gonna do? I would have traded him. I, I like Aaron Bummer a lot, but he's not he's not gotten it done. And I think he'd be a great elite reliever on a team that has a great elite infield defense. Which the White Sox don't have. And, and anybody could be moved. You seen Sierra just brought up the Orioles. They just uh, they just made the trade for the guy from Oakland, Shintaro Fujinami, and his ERA was like a four hundred. I liked that move though. The stuff that he is. He got a hundred and a good splitter, just like uh, Bautista. Yep. He just gives up a little bit too many home runs, like every. I'll be appearance. honest. I never heard of this guy before he got traded. Bro, that. it's crazy it was like a month ago. You, he was like if, the first trade. If you if you watch him pitch, you're like, how is this guy getting his? Nobody shit watches the A's. Yeah, I was gonna That's say you forget about him. Hey, I do fantasy. Yeah. There's been there's been weeks where I I had to watch every Ryan Noda at bat because he was on my fantasy team. That That's was terrible. great. That's what the White Sox do. They push me into watching Ryan Noda at bat every night. Uh, so. Sierra, thank you, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're like you're the realist. You're the best. Um, we will happily have you anytime you're free on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, if it's intentional talk, I'm free. I'm free. Just, I, I, I just need to make sure that it's okay to like have a cocktail or two before I come on. So we got to have Justin Sierra and Yohan Mankata do an interview. And that way you can translate for Justin and he can, you can like relay all the burner accounts and like, Hey, this is your, this is your guy. Yo, this is the guy who defends cannot. you. The sticks burner account. <laughs> yeah, like it. It like yeah. Wow. I wish I felt that passionately about anybody in my life in order to create a burner account. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so when's your next show so we can have everybody tune in? Uh, I'm back on intentional talk tomorrow. Intentional there talk tomorrow off on Thursday, quick pitch on Friday. We take it, yeah, we're taking it back to last season, all the way back. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, intentional talk. It's always um, it's always fun. It's always great. You're that always fun. Is, You're always great. Thank you, thank you, thank I you, thank you, thank you for for jumping on with us. We appreciate it, dudes. Bye. Thank you so much for having me on. We'll Thanks, see you here. soon. Oh wait, I kicked her off. Say it again. I cut you off. Still, you. you can't check my browser history though. Damn. There, there you go, Jay. Maybe next. That time. one's for you. Man. Um, Sierra's the freaking best. So, yeah. The goat. Uh, that's that's great. We we'd love to have her on later in the show or later in the season. Um, but yeah, she's doing it. She's doing big things in MLB Network. I'm proud of her. Love her to death. And uh, she makes everyone in baseball better because we need more Sierras and she's just the like truly genuine, real, awesome person. Um, so shout out to Sierra for joining us. And, um, I love that we can just have a regular conversation and joke about Louis Louboutins. I almost said Louis Batons. Like I put two and two together on that one. 
<laughs> I really don't appreciate you guys looking at me like I'm a fucking weirdo for wanting to trade Luis Robert. Okay. Um, Manny, Ramir- well, Manny Ramirez. I would have traded Robert for Cease. Wait, what? Yeah. You would you wouldn't trade Robert for Cease? I think I'm with Justin. He said he would have traded Robert before Cease. Traded Robert for Cease, yeah. Cease, yeah, I, I don't understand that Robert, one, but okay. Because Robert has been to town. This would be the Robert's first full season proving this. Right. So, but you've got him signed for four more years plus an option. Yeah, and you can fall, I know that's why you that's can fall what, off the cliff, and then we got him for four. That's more what years. runs the price up. Yeah, is that like teams will pay for that control? Okay, so oh God, I don't even want to get into these hypotheticals, but like, what if Dylan Cease like just shits the bed and and is no longer good for the rest of this year or next year? Then you lost your opportunity to trade him at his peak. You can right. make that case for literally anybody. Oh, what if you trade Aloy Jimenez and he goes off to be a 55 home run hitter every single year? Like, you can't play that game. Luis Roberts doing it. Right at now, this, he's a better this. long-term prospect for this organization, especially considering the contract. Because if Cease continues to progress or get better or become the guy he was last year, you're not paying him the contract that he's going to demand. And Boris is going to take him to the free agent market and the Sox are never going to pay him. So... This makes zero sense to me that you would trade Robert before Cease. I would have traded him in a heartbeat. He would have, he would have left before Giolito. Who's giving you the amount that you're going to get in return, though? It, like, if the Orioles weren't going to give up Jackson Holiday for Cease in a year where they have a really good opportunity to do something, they're probably not going to do it for Luis Robert. Uh, and they have, I mean, do they need an outfielder? I don't know. I'd say Robert's value right now is more than C's based off of the production of this season. So, granted, so, forward because you're you were arguing. So his value's that. higher, but you still want to trade him? Yeah, just because this gets back to the potential versus proven talent. We've seen C's have proven talent over two seasons already, going into his third season this year. <sighs> to me, I mean, he's only really done it for one full season. I mean, and I love Dylan Cease. Straight, he's had two straight seasons of 225 strikeouts and a, you know, case per nine of over 10. That's and fine, I, but you don't now, win games third, based on case per nine. I mean, as a pitcher, that's two of the tests, you know, getting outs and then. Yeah, of course, out. but he doesn't go deep into ball games, and he's had one great year of an elite ERA. I mean, you can't say track record for Cease like just because he strikes out a ton of guys. I mean. I love Dylan Cease, but he does, he's to me he's not an ace. He's not a guy that a World Series contender. He's not your number one pitcher. If he can't get you deep into ball games, and you know he still struggles with command and a little bit inconsistent this year. I just I love Dylan Cease. I trade him. Sorry, I was gonna say if Cease was traded to a better team, I feel like you'd get over those inconsistencies. I'm not going deeper. He still needs it. to throw strikes. He still needs to get in the count. Like, what's going to change on any other team that he's not? Well, he's then specifically through two, usually two, you know, rounds through the lineup. The pitch, of, the pitch efficiency is there, but he's struggling with that. I'm third. be, I'm be honest with you, Gonzo. The, my knock, I love Dylan Cease too. He's an inefficient pitcher. And he has trouble pitching a contact with runners on score with runners on base. So, uh, if you accompany that with the fact that the White Sox have a volatile bullpen, how much success do you 
expect Dylan Cease to have in a White Sox uniform, judging with uh, his makeup as a pitcher and the support that you got around him. He's not going to get as much run support. The defense isn't going to make ends meet. So when you you talk about retaining Dylan Cease as an ace, there's a lot that needs to happen in his favor to do that. And right now, he's not efficient. He's hovering around a four. Dylan Cease, as it stands right now, honestly, is a three with the ceiling to be maybe an elite two. I would agree with that. You can do a lot better than Dylan Cease as it stands right now, even though he's a very talented pitcher. Like, if you compare him to a guy like George Kirby, Dylan Cease strikes out a lot more batters than George Kirby. Why is George Kirby's numbers better? Because George Kirby keeps his pitch count down. George Kirby makes sure he gets to the seventh inning and his bullpen has clean frames. Uh, real quick question. I want to put Gonzo on the spot. Aaron Savali, you claim that he stinks. Oh, the Guardians trade God. him. He's got a 2.3 ERA, and the Rays just acquired him. If Prayers there's like the, the Rays and Braves are like the two teams where I'm like, if they want my guy, I'm probably – I'm probably like second guessing whether I should trade him. What are your thoughts, Gonzo, quickly on that trade? On Savali going to Tampa to the Rays. Bay? Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay does everything they can to get everything out of their pitching, you know. So I think they're gonna use them a lot better than Cleveland. So I like the I like What the does deal. that even mean? What does that even mean? What how are what are they gonna do? Like do a different mound? Like, what do you, t- what, are, how do you use him differently? He's a starting pitcher. We've seen, you saw what happened to Deke, man, going to Tampa Bay. Absolutely ass here in Chicago. Okay, but you're telling me they're going to do something differently with him or use him differently. How are they going to use a starting pitcher differently? I don't know what they do, but it seems like it works. That's exactly my point. If it was working in Cleveland and the Rays decide to acquire him, He's decent in Cleveland. He's more than decent this year. The last the last month, Gonzo Aaron Savali has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, only one's better is Blake Snow. And Aaron Savali walks a lot. Gonzo, less you confuse the hell out of me sometimes. By the and way, where was it? Did you guys say this in the group chat about like you want to trade Luis Robert? Because this is like news yeah. to me. Yeah, you know, no, I've been I've been to be saying, honest I've with you, like for a while. you guys agreed on Cease with the potential there, but me and OJ believe that if he was going elsewhere, you'd you'd go past his ceiling. I mean, Jay was here on the show that he said, OJ said that if this was when the rumors about the Astros were going off with Cease and OJ said that if Cease went to the Astros, he'd be their ace. So, and that's, that's impressive saying that just because I have high admiration for Valdez so who literally threw a no hitter like an hour ago versus cleveland guardians yeah so i have and look i know the analytics are against these this season but i've seen him step up and on a pitching perspective especially him getting that knuckle curve the usage out of it for an ideally third pitch that i've seen you know i was at i've just been looking for cease to throw that third you know a third pitch get command of I it. I just want him to throw more strikes. Me too. No, me too. But again, like, and this is like, it sucks because like after that first start of the season versus the Astros, 
he went six, you know, six innings in a third with 10 strikeouts and no walks. And the, the pitch count ended at 88. After that start, I'm like, oh, my God, he took a leap. You know, he took that next step where the efficiency is there. And I feel like that's what was needed, you know, to I, I know Verlander had an amazing season last season, but that's kind of what the difference was, was Cease not getting deeper into those outings. And seeing that first start, I'm like, whoa. That's what I wanted to see. Gonzo, let me ask you a question. I saw that for like three starts, and then it just started to go, you know, as the Sox went on the road and had those terrible road outings in Tampa Bay and Toronto. But um, And it sucks because, like, ever since then, you see the team defense not backing them up. You see them in, in instances where Sox make an error, and then next thing you know, he's throwing another 12 to 15 pitches because of that error. Like, I just feel like we have a better quality, you know, defense around him he's going to go further into these outings. Um, but again, it's not just on the defense. He has to do that himself too. He still has to battle and get through there, get through those outings. But I don't think that's not, I'm not going to you know, doubt that he can't do that. I believe he can. Um, but th- it's a good question that you brought up with Jay about this White Sox team, because what I brought up in the last two shows is Pedro's not trusting in a starting pitcher. Like he's not, you know, pushing them to go that inning further when I feel like he still have something left in the tank to, you know, allow these guys to go guys like cease and some of these outings. Like I wish he would push them to further that development um, that Dylan lacked early on, even back in um, when was that with the Oakland series back in 20, like I don't think Ricky was getting the most out of him very early on. So Tony did a, a you know a little bit better you know a step better but I want I want to see the staff continuing to get the maturation of these players and it's frustrating I might be biased being a a C stand but I, I I truly see the the talent there with his stuff and I know he's just a step away and I just want to see him get there. Shit, I I think the the major issue, Gonzo, is like you're still developing Dylan Cease, and the only thing that's happening is he's getting older. So you're gonna end up in a point to where sixty percent of your rotation is still in its infancy. That very well could include Dylan Cease, because there's still a lot of stuff that he has to clean up. So I don't want to have a a situation to where now I got to go through the growing pains with an aging pitcher. Like, come on, man. Like, again, this is just Han at the end of the day not being true to us and saying this is a retooling versus a rebuild because if it's a rebuild, I'm trading both of them away. Retooling, I'm keeping both of them to build around. So I'm just... Well, I mean, I think he he made that clear today when he said they're going to try to compete in 24. That's, That's to me not any indication that it's a rebuild at all. So, so yeah. what, what, what is your what, answer? What type of talent? What type of talent? Uh, that's do we the have? confusing part. Is like if you're telling us this is a retool, like, okay, are you going to spend money in free agency on quality players as opposed to spending on a huge bullpen that sucks or paying Andrew Benatendi fifteen million, like whatever it is? Like, what's the plan? And I don't think they have one right now. I think they just looked at this trade deadline in a vacuum and said. Gio's gone, Lopez is gone, Grandal's probably gone, blah, 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 blah. And they were open-minded about other guys that they don't see as part of their future. And apparently, I think Jake Berger was one of those guys as well. And they said, what can we do to maximize these players that we don't see 
in our next competitive team, which more than likely is 25 and not 24 at the earliest. But I, I think past that, they were like, okay, we got past the deadline. Now let's give a few guys a chance and see what happens. Like maybe we'll see Corey Lee in, in the big leagues the rest of this season or I don't know. I mean, like you've got to give Kopech all the leash in the world at this point for the rest of this season. Like let him s- figure out if he can throw strikes, but uh, I just don't see this plan. And, and I mean, Cease is 27, Luis Roberts still young. Uh, to me, like I've said this in the group chat for a while, like trade everybody else, build around those two. You have a potential stud in the rotation and a potential like anchor in the in the lineup for the next decade. So at least you have something that you can build around, but they've got a lot of work to do. Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep this moving. We're going to wrap up the show. It's time for Gonzo's Time to Shine, Southside Daily. Alrighty, folks, we have two games left of this series in Texas. Tomorrow, it's going to be the man that we were just talking about, Dylan Cease versus a surprising guy that we let go. Not really surprising at the time, but Dane Dunning is going to be his opponent. And then Thursday's matchup is going to be Tuki Toussaint versus the new guy in the house, Max Scherzer. And offensively, the opponent... Look out for Adolis Garcia right now, bang 259, 26 bombs, 89 or 85 ribbies at the time of this show started. Um, Jay, you have anything else to wrap up here in the, the Texas series? Yeah, like uh, Texas better be very careful. Uh, I alluded to it earlier in the show. Uh, they're very lucky that they got off to a decent start, had some uh, Adolis playing well. Uh, Leotis Tavares because they could be in a San Diego Padres New York Mets situation. Make no mistake about it, they pay, they uh, dished out almost half a billion dollars, over half a billion dollars in contracts. And the very next year, they still find themselves playing Josh Smith at shortstop. You have a hole in your rotation, so you're going out and get a very mid Max Scherzer, and your bullpen is still in shambles. Now all of a sudden, and Montgomery. And Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery, who isn't really a needle mover because he's been traded at the last two deadlines. Um, so we have a situation here, Gonzo, where we could play a little bit of spoiler because I, me personally, I get upset when White Sox fans try to dunk on my man Slob because he didn't want the White Sox to go the Rangers route and peel all that bread and still the very next year still have holes in the rotation with the money you just spent. I don't, I don't want the White Sox to go that direction. So I applaud you, Slav. You're the GOAT because these people are just sitting here laughing at their own stupidity. And I the mean, Texas Rangers are helping us with that. So uh, I have not addressed this, I don't think, on the podcast or on the show um, this season. Just quick thoughts on this tweet because everybody wants to bring it up every, every so often when, when the Rangers do good. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, John Gray – combined $550 million. They go out and trade for Max Scherzer and get Jordan Montgomery. And now people are like bringing this tweet up again, like 
they don't have anything to do with each other. Like, yeah, okay, credit to their ownership for continuing to go for it. But like you said, the Padres were this close to selling off after spending a fuck ton the last two years. The Mets opened this season with a $350 million uh, payroll. They sold off two aces and then some. Marcana, I can't even remember another bullpen arm. Like they, they basically told, and this David is David Robertson athletic. is in Miami right now. I mean, my goodness. And look at the quotes from Max Scherzer uh, about what was told to him before or after his trade. They basically said they're punting on 24. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. That might be something that they were just telling him to get him to waive his no-trade clause. But, I mean, I'm still not buying everything that the Rangers are selling. And also, everyone who's trying to dunk on this tweet, are you just going to ignore the fact that Josh Young and Jonah Heim and Ezekiel Duran and Leody Tavares and Adolis Garcia all just happened to break out? Adolis has had a good season in the past, but like, I'm just so like I'm so tired of this shit, and I maintain that at the end of this contract or all both of those contracts with Simeon and with Seager, they're going to regret paying those guys the money that they are going to pay them at the age that they're going to be. If they win a World Series, great, okay, good for them. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll own it. It was worthwhile if you win a World Series. That's all anybody cares about. I just don't see it. And the fact that, like you said, Jay, you have to go in and supplement them with going to get Scherzer and Montgomery and like you continue to add, great. It's good that you have an aggressive front office and an ownership that's willing to spend, but also like you're admitting that you haven't done enough. And I just, I don't see this team as a legitimate World Series contender, even with Scherzer. Um, I'm just not buying it. And like, keep tweeting me all you want. I really don't care. Like I stand by that. By the end of those contracts, they're going to be regretting it. And yeah. rant. That's all I got. What else we got, Gonzo? I'm tired of talking to this shit, freaking Rangers. I'm sorry but, I brought it up. That's okay. It needed so to be addressed. Sox, the White Sox stay on the road, go to Cleveland this weekend, Friday through Sunday. Friday's probabilities are Clevenger versus Logan Allen, the lefty. Saturday is going to be Kopech and undecided on Cleveland. And then Sunday is probably going to be Schultons getting that start. And then Cleveland is looking like they're going to send out Noah Syndergaard for his first start from the trade. Um, that's going to be an interesting start. That'll be six out. innings and 12, 12 punchies for Syndergaard. Yeah, he's going to be successful. Um, and I got to highlight uh, Naylor here because he's having a really good season here. 306, 15 home runs, 79 ribbies. He is leading the production in front of Jose Ramirez, which is – for me, for me, shocking to see, but uh, you know that's good for Cleveland with their talent that they're bringing up, like Naylor and his brothers. Um, Jay, what else you got uh, with Cleveland here? Uh, well, the, the key, the key to Cleveland's success is nine-one-two uh, in the order. Cleveland has done an outstanding job turning the line. You over. love pimping the bottom of people's lineups, don't you, bro? That's they, they've been killing, like. They get to nine, and then they roll over to Quan. Quan gets the base hit, then the carousel goes. Like, Gonzo, you just alluded. Jose Ramirez, he just had a two-home run game the other night. Like, he's been hitting the ball pretty well the last 10 days, but he hasn't been the best offensive player on that team. Josh Naylor has been an RBI machine, and now he's brought his brother into the bullshit. Who do you think has been kicking off the bottom of the order? I didn't think they were – Bo. The, the, I, I didn't think Bo and his bro – 
was going to try to uh, get the tribe a, a division title. But Gonzo, you got to be careful because Cleveland plays sound baseball. They're not going to beat themselves. So if you let a, a situation snowball, you're going to lose. Guaranteed. Uh, I'm going to throw this out here. Um, Kyle Manzardo, the guy that they traded um, for in the Savali deal. I have a really good feeling he's going to crush the White Sox for like a decade. I think him and Vinny Pasquantino are going to be like the new Sweeney and Morneau. Yeah. Ooh, Mike Sweeney was nasty. Ugh. Yeah, it was a White Sox killer boy. Ooh, that big ballpark, watching him hit the ball off the wall like every day. Uh, is that is that all we got for Southside Daily? And then Just those two. Uh, coming off the road this weekend, Monday's start is going to be at home versus the Yankees, and it is going to be a good matchup with uh, Dylan Cease up against Garrett Cole. Another good Cole outing. It's going to be a good uh, matchup for one team. And, uh, and Judge. That's six and Judge. 12 for Dylan Cease. Book it, Slaw. Aaron Judge is back. I'm going to write that 96, down. 20 home runs, 42 ribbies. Aaron Judge is back. I don't, I don't, he look, he, he, he's hobbling around the bases, Gonzo. I don't, I'm not entirely sure he's healthy. But the Yankees are in last place. They fucking suck. Good. There is no part of their team that's good right now. The rotation sucks. The offense is dead. They can't play defense because everybody's playing out of position. The best player on the team right now is Harrison Bader. And I'm surprised that they didn't, they didn't consider trading him. We might see Middleton pitch against us uh, next week. He'll probably shove. Uh, all right, last thing uh, to wrap things up, our picks to click. Gonzo, what's the latest? Oh, Slav. Uh, go ahead and say it. Slav, you've totally missed it. I don't care about the animation. I'm trying to keep the show Love moving. It. Yes, Slav, you won. Yeah, good. Won with Again. Luis Robert. And the update is I got six wins. Slav got his fifth win of the season. Junior has three. Gonzo's cheating three. ass. Jay has two. Slavka, what you got for us, man? Um, uh, let, let's, let me try to think of who's left on this roster. Um. That's number one. Um, I, I'm, I'm debating. I think I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go with TA. I wonder, I wonder if he's um, going to play a little free, knowing that there's no pressure. They don't care to win anymore. Um, you know, seems to be healthy and uh, back in the leadoff spot. I'll take TA. Good pick. Robert is off the board, so that means I'm going to go luck. with – Hi, Mom. I'm going with Eloy for this week. Um, Junior – Junior's up next. Junior said he's going to go with Mankata. And now we are down to – How is he? How y'all going to let him pick Mankata? He doesn't even have a burner account. Is he qualified? <laughs> Um, I think their personal relationship probably trumps your six Twitter accounts. 
I've said nicer things about him. <laughs> okay, um, is on the board for you, Jay, if, if you I'm want thinking, to take him. Hold on. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this. Mm-mm. I'm, pick, I'm, I'm picking a hitter. I'm just really? trying to... It's probably we... a wise thing to do. Oh, I was going to pick Tanner Banks, but I'm going to go with Dev, uh, Gavin Sheets. <laughs> Oh man, I forgot Gavin Sheets is like existed. <laughs> I'm going with Gavin Sheets. He's gonna give me wow. my third win. Yeah, I doubt that. He's taking Garrett Cole deep Monday. That's how I'm gonna win. I thought you were gonna do Dylan Cease with two starts. No. Has a pitcher won any pick to click this year? I know Gonzo, you wanted to give it to to Junior with Lynn early in the season when despite the fact that he got like shelled and still got a W. Was that was that against uh, the Dodgers? I can't remember. He gave he gave up seven runs, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, you got to win." Like, oh, you should give him a pick to click. No, fuck no. You didn't click shit if you give up seven fucking earned runs. By the way, Lance Lynn, seven innings, three earned runs in his Dodgers debut tonight. He gave up three home runs. So some things How never many change. How did he have? Uh, let's see. Let me pull it up real quick. Gonzo, oh. run through the uh, the picks, and I'll get the. Yeah, sure. So Slav's going to go with Timmy. I'm going to go with Eloy. Junior is going to go with Mancata. And Jay is going to go with Gavin Sheets. All in them sheets. So Lance Lynn gets the W, his seventh win of the season, improving to 7-9. and nine. Uh, Seven innings pitched, five hits, three runs all earned, three solo homers allowed, seven strikeouts, one walk. Lowering his season ERA to a... Sexual 6.32. Wow. And dropping. It's hard to go up from there. All right. Good good show. That's oh. um that's it. I'm done. I got nothing left to say. Um the White Sox are now leaving us with two months of um just flush. It'll be we've done a lot of flushing this year, and they've yeah, flushed yeah. a few players away too. Yeah. Um, oh my god! Shout out. out, what? Yeah, go. Shout out. No, go ahead. You you seem to have something. Go. Um. So my last two shout outs were pretty negative, so I'm not going to go on any negativity. Um. I got. I'm gonna shout out. My one and only Soraya, we just celebrated our four-year anniversary. We had a nice little harbor tour out here in San Diego. Congratulations! Nice little dinner cruise. That was pretty nice. Um, and I'm going to give a nice shout-out to Sierra for giving us over an hour of her time. Um, she was amazing, absolutely fantastic. Um, and I'm going to tease next week. We have our guy KG coming on um, from Little Joe's in Chicago. He wants to jump on with us and chat with us, so he's going to be making an appearance and um, unfortunately, couldn't have Junior on with us tonight. You know, family comes first. So, uh, OJ, we'll see you next week. Um, I think that's about it. And yes, that's 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 the reason why. <laughs> Ozzy also it looked like uh, they like popping bottles. <laughs> little Bear, uh, Ozzy's Ozzy Junior's kid is a wild child, but he's he's an awesome little dude. Uh, that's my shout out. Shout out to Oso and Ozzy Jr. And uh, obviously Sierra for joining us tonight. She's awesome. I freaking love her to death. Um, we'd love to have her back on. Jay, what you got? Uh, awesome. Corey Lee's show. cousin. 
Yeah. Awesome fucking show. Got to talk about my cousins. Uh, you know, I, I kind of miss you guys. Got to talk about the Red Sox and Chris yeah. Sale. I mean, like, it was a full day for Justin. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty <laughs> solid. Uh, I actually had to lie to Asia and say we had King Mac coming on the show. I didn't tell her it was Sierra Santos because, boy, that would have been hot fucking water. But uh, Sierra was fucking awesome. I'm kind of I'm glad I didn't pass out during the show because I was really fanned out leading up to the show. I'm glad I helped help my composure. But the White Sox got three hit by Andrew fucking Heaney. I'm tired of it. Remember when they used to crush lefties? Those were great times. Man, they suck. That's the fucking good old days when we used to crush lefties. Mm. That was the Yermin Mercedes days. Mm. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? You better, Gonzo, listen to me and listen to me good. Uh-oh. Don't you ever, where the trade deadline is done. I don't want to see another fucking trade website simulator, nothing in the group chat. I will block you. <laughs> if I see MLB trade values one more time, I'm going to fly to where you live and shove a phone up your, you know what? And yeah. then throw you both in the ocean. Not that Wash you live on and obviously. And hand sanitizer. Yeah. Um, all right. Good stuff tonight. We will be back next week, right, Gonzo? Yes. Next week. Date to be. Uh, we'll confirm it here. And TBD. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I guess we have a TikTok now. Gonzo, shout out for, uh, for, for doing yeah. the TikTok game. Um, we got at Blackout Show Chicago. We got 1,600 followers on TikTok. Let's go. Uh, for Gonzo, for Jay, for Sierra Santos, um, awesome, awesome guest. Can't say enough about her. I'm Slav Kobekovic. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Blackout Show. <laughs>